a reading from the book of Exodus. When Moses came to the people and related all the words and ordinance of the, of the Lord, they all answered with one voice, we will do everything that the Lord has told us. Moses then wrote down all the words of the Lord and rising early the next day, he erected at the foot of the mountain an altar and 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. Then, having sent certain young men of the Israelites to offer holocausts and sacrifice young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord, Moses took half of the blood and put it in large bowls. The other half he splashed on the altar. Taking the book of the covenant, he read it aloud to the people, who answered, All that the Lord has said we will heed and do. Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you, in accordance with all these words of his. The word of the Lord.
a reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, when Christ came as high priest of the good things that have come to be, passing through the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made by hands, that is, not belonging to this creation, he entered once for all into the sanctuary, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of a heifer's ashes can sanctify those who are defiled so that their flesh is cleansed, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from dead works to worship the living God? For this reason, he is mediator of a new covenant. Since a death has taken place for deliverance from transgressions under the first covenant, those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a jar of water. Follow him. Wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover? with my disciples. Then he will show you a Lord's upper room furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples then went off, entered the city, and found it just as it had told them. And they prepared the Passover. While they were eating, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, gave it to them, and said, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. Amen, I say to you, I shall not drink again the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Gospel of the Lord. Significant moments in history are marked by significant meals. And the most significant moment in the history of the world is when Jesus burst through death and came out on the other side of it as a new creation. And the meal that marked this significant event in the history of the world is the Last Supper. The Last Supper, that is the Eucharist, is both a sacrifice and a meal. And not only does this meal mark Jesus' bursting forth from death, but it also infuses us with his victory over death. Now, how can that happen? When we consume the Eucharist, we consume the resurrected Christ. And thus, that victory over death is infused into each one of us. And that's why the Eucharist is present at each and every Mass. You see, Jesus wants us to live forever as a human being. And that's why he exhorted the apostles and he exhorts us to consume the Eucharist. It's right here in the Gospel. Take it, this is my body. These are shocking words. It's hard to rationalize. And many people within and outside the church have tried to soften Jesus' words about the Eucharist. So do you do that? Now follow me here, everyone. Baron Garius of Tours, France, he's a French theologian in the 11th century denied the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Berengarius stated that the risen Christ is up in heaven, 
Therefore, there is no way Christ can be on this altar simultaneously. The Eucharist, according to Barry and Garius, must be a symbolic representation of Jesus. And does, let me ask you this, is that what you believe about the Eucharist? Do you believe the Eucharist is a symbolic representation of Jesus Christ? Martin Luther, the former Catholic monk, thought that the true presence of the body and blood of Christ was too much of a leap of faith. It was irrational, according to Martin Luther. So Martin reasoned his way through it. He stated that the body of Christ must be present along with the bread in the Eucharist. Is that what you believe about the Eucharist? Do you believe that Christ is present along with the bread after the consecration? Stay with me here, everyone. John Calvin, the founder of Calvinism, came up with a brilliant, I mean a brilliant idea. He stated that the bread and wine remain fully themselves after the consecration. But during the liturgy, the Holy Spirit's power is working through these earthly elements. Is this what you believe about the Eucharist? Do you believe that the Eucharist works the same way as holy water? Because that's the way holy water works. In the 20th century, some theologians stated that what happens on this altar after the consecration is called transignification. This is where the bread and the wine remain themselves after the consecration, but they take on a deeper significance. Is this what you believe about the Eucharist? Do you believe that the bread does not actually become the body of Christ, but only takes on a deeper significance? All of these explanations of the Eucharist, they sound commonsensical, they're rational, they're easy to understand, and they're easy to accept. But they do not honor the radicality of Jesus' words. Listen to what he says. Take it. This is my body. It's a hard teaching, right? In fact, only 30% of Catholics believe that the Eucharist is the true body of Christ. 30%, that's it. So listen to Jesus' words again. Take it. This is my body. Do you believe that? 